Let's talk about a missing girl in Malaysia and how this may be missing for 11 related. I went down the rabbit hole with this one, people. Absolutely. A caller called in, I believe, on the previous show. He said, hey, have you, have you guys taken a look at this yet? I had the story, didn't get to it. And once I started digging into it, I was kind of blown away that there are some pretty interesting angles with this. I'll just go over. I got a few clips right here that I'll bring up on screen. I'll start playing them, and then we'll read some of the stories. This this first piece of uh, audio here is from some news anchors, I believe in Australia. And we'll play this right now. And uh, this kind of speaks to what's going on with this with this girl. At this moment in time, until they confirm, obviously, that it is Nora. Uh, the situation was is that Nora left the bedroom in the early hours of Saturday, Sunday morning, and she left in her dressing gown, in her bedclothes. She had nothing on her feet, she took no shoes with her, and of course, the family then thought initially that this was a third party to check that out as far as identification. And then, once they've done that, treated as a crime scene, do all the forensic analysis to make sure that there is no third party involvement. And then, obviously, once they've done that, recover Nora's body and then work with the family in terms of the recovery back to the UK. That'll be important for her family, Clarence, won't it? That they, you know, they believed that she was abducted, they didn't think that she'd wandered off, but they will now want to know well, how as, she got... As Mark there. says, my, my heart obviously goes out to the family if this does indeed turn out to be Nora, as sadly seems to be the case. So what happened was this 15-year-old girl was in Malaysia, I believe near a resort, and as you heard in that clip, she left in the middle of the night without her shoes. Now, that, that's curious in and of itself. There's another uh, thing that re uh, relates to Missing 411, and that this person, this 15-year-old girl, had learning disabilities. And I, I don't know if they use the term autistic, but she certainly could be. Um, so I'll just read a little bit of the story, and then I'll go to the, the second clip a little further down the line of the same video. So the family of Norn, uh, Nora uh, Quo... Iron, the British teenager found dead in the Malaysian jungle after a 10-day search, have dismissed help, unhelpful speculation about her disappearance. The body of the 15-year-old who had severe learning difficulties was discovered less than two miles from the eco-holiday resort where her family was staying. Nora's family have said that they're hoping for more answers to our many questions after an autopsy revealed the London schoolgirl probably died due to starvation and stress after surviving a week in the jungle. Now, for anybody who doesn't know, you typically don't die of starvation within 10 days. No. <clears throat> you, uh, dehydration is usually what it is. Starvation takes actually a good bit longer. Maybe I, I, just, I read anywhere from 30 to 45 days you can die of starvation. But they didn't say dehydration here. They said specifically starvation and stress. But the reports attributed to an unnamed source have since suggested that her parents have, are considering asking for a second uh, autopsy to ensure no evidence was missed. On Saturday, the family issued a statement via the Lucy Blackman Trust, a charity that supports British nationals in crisis overseas, saying the family of Nora, uh, Nora's family would like to clarify several comments that have been attributed to the family or to people claiming to act on their behalf. They wish it to be made absolutely clear that the only comments and statements relating to the disappearance, death, and investigation of any other matters 
that are actually from the family are those released via Matthew Cyril and this Lucy Blackman Trust Foundation. So there's a lot of speculation going on about what happened. They, the family was initially wondering if it was a, a possible kidnapping because she went miles into the jungle without her shoes. I read an account that they're speculating that maybe she just up and left in the middle of the night because she really, really wanted to see a waterfall that she found out about, a beautiful waterfall. She wanted to, to go there in the middle of the night. That seems a bit absurd. does seem a bit absurd. I've read stories with missing 411 accounts, and I believe I read one months ago, maybe last year, where there was a, there was a, uh, a young man, and he was burning his electronics, and then within 48 hours, he had left his family's home, and he, was, he disappeared. He got missing 411 after that. There are many other accounts of people with missing, in the missing 411 uh, case files where they're found without shoes. Uh, or, or their shoes are found uh, quite a distance away from them. So this, her leaving without shoes is uh, quite interesting. Like, so th- I like that if they could be a little bit more specific about what her mental condition was and just saying she can't learn that well. <laughs> yeah. Like, is she, like, obviously she's, like, severely autistic or something, but don't they just say it? Like, is she, like... T- she had such a profound learning disability. She didn't learn to take her shoes with her. Like her parents needed to do that or like what's, yeah, that, that kind of context would be a little bit more helpful here. Yeah, that, that would be. They did the same learning disability. She could be dyslexic. I mean, that's right. a learning dis- <laughs> disability. There. Right. Maybe she's just not good at math. It very well could be, but they're, they're not specific at all. So there's one more piece of this audio. This is from this morning in Australia about this case, Nora. And they, uh, they say this. Okay, Jerry had to make. What about people getting involved with their theories of what happened? Um, there's a, a shaman uh, believed to be able to summon spirits who joined the search. You know, that's really unhelpful mm. for the family because it's not something that they can, they can actually take away. And what happens in times like this, and you know, I've worked with so many families in that situation, is that they, they cling to anything. Any bit of hope that they get, they'll, they'll go with. So when someone comes forward and says, well, try this, they'll go, well, okay, give it a go. Uh, the family obviously put up this £10,000 reward. There was a lot of discussion about whether that was the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do because, sadly, they don't often give information. What they do is they attract a lot of people from outside. Mm. You know, they had at least five, six mediums that came forward who were giving information. They've never proved it to find anybody. So right there. So the, the part that I held on to was that a shaman came forward offering to help. And... That's the headline I have up on screen right now. Malaysian shaman called to Nora's search says she was lured into the jungle by a genie. Hmm. Shamans have been performing spirit summoning rituals in a bid to find the missing British teenager, which she has since been found dead from starvation over a course of 10 days. The 15-year-old girl from London uh, has been missing since Sunday, August 4th, after disappearing from the Jungle Resort in Malaysia. Now cadaver dogs uh, are, are, uh, that are trained to smell death, uh, and spiritual shamans have been used to assist the team of uh, 350 search and rescue personnel. One of the shamans says he believes the schoolgirl school was abducted by a genie who was attracted to her because she has special needs. 
That's one of the, the other little hallmark hallmarks of uh, Missing 411 is that people with uh, special needs, learning disabilities, a- autism, even people with higher than average IQs, they are not, I don't know, I want to use the word targets, but they're more more likely to go missing in a Missing 411 scenario. Yeah, but I'm not sure. Was there ever any a case covered where someone goes, just is gone in the middle of the night? Because I remember one of the cases, there was a little boy, I think, he had like, I think he was deaf or something. He, he was fishing, but it was during the day, like his grandpa was with them or something it wasn't like this um i i have read stories where people will just up and go uh but i don't know if they're directly related to missing 411 let's not forget that that skier last year who just up and left oh yeah his 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 ski hill in new york state and then traveled somehow traveled across the country uh to wind up in san francisco so he just up and left didn't take anything with him is there any follow? Yeah, was there any follow up with that? I tried to look for follow ups on that case, and the guy has remained tight lipped as of about four months ago when I last looked up his name. He hasn't really devolved any information. I believe even David Politis has tried to contact him, and I think he just wants to move on with his life. He's a, he was a chief at the fire department, or a fire department up there in Canada, and he just kind of wants to forget this and move on with his life. Because remember, I don't initially you said he doesn't remember how he got there what i recall so uh back yeah he doesn't recall how he, he how he got there at all no um so as search teams combed through the hilly junk uh jungle terrain five shamans perform performed a ritual in the forest in a video shaman um Khalis mohammed said he believes the girl was lured lured uh, by a genie who had chosen nora to be his stepchild he vowed to persuade the spirit to return her but warned that they would ask for something in return. He added, that will be between me and them. Most important now, the child will be released. The shaman fell into a trance uh, earlier today as they summoned spirits spirits who they believe could help with the rescue mission. So I was like, okay, you know, they got shamans there. It sounds like these shamans just don't appear out of nowhere. There's got to be something to this. So this couldn't I couldn't hurt. What's that? It couldn't hurt, I guess, to have the shaman do his thing. No, never, never hurts to have a, a shaman around. What I did find in another report about discovery of her body, this is quoted somewhere else. This wasn't in a lot of the press that I saw, is that her body was discovered on Tuesday, unclothed, down a deep ravine. It was 1.6 miles from the resort where she was staying. Not terribly far. No, I would say probably in an area where they have already searched, although I cannot confirm that at all. I I, I cannot confirm that. But she's missing what a week. Uh, She was missing about 10 days. Yeah. Okay, a little over a week. I would I would assume within one point six miles of the resort, they'd have probably checked that. area. I would. Yeah, I would assume that they probably checked that uh, that already. So there is a. Obviously, the article like there's a couple articles about the. The, the genie, and uh, people are kind of holding on to this. Like, yeah, there's a, there are some shamans out there, and the, the genie was uh, one of the suspected culprits. But genies and jinns are part of the uh, Middle Eastern culture. I didn't, uh, I didn't know they, they actually were um, out in Malaysia, but... Malaysia, um, I'm not sure when Islam arrived there, but I think it was in the 
seven or eight hundreds, but there's a lot of Muslims in Indonesia and Malaysia, so it makes sense why they'd have the the jinn and the the genie in their yeah their culture. Yeah, absolutely. So I did some other some other looking around uh, for are there any other cases in Malaysia for concerning missing people and uh, and this type of activity? I, I, I came across uh, two other things that popped up immediately, and this is the the first one here. Lost hiker mystery. Did the Orang uh, Booning? I, I actually I'm gonna I'm gonna pronounce it. There's a specific type of cryptozoological creature, and is very particular to this part of the world. I'll see if I can pronounce it. So it is pronounced the Orang Boonian. Boonian. Orang Boonian. And so the, these hikers get abducted. By, by these cryptids, a mysterious disappearance of a hiker, Tio Kim Lean, during a running event on June sixteenth in the forest of Kuala Lumpur, has sparked questions about the supernatural. Despite intensive search efforts by over one hundred and fifty volunteers and more than thirty officials, searching search and rescue personnel with tracking dogs came up with nothing. After ten days, the authorities called off their search. Search party uh, coordinator said the group then sought the help of Hindu and Buddhist medi- mediums to point in the right direction after the search efforts had exhausted every possible means of finding Tio. So many regular hikers believe that there are spirits in the jungles n- known in Malay as the Orang Bunian, who can whisk unsuspecting vi- victims off to other worlds or an unseen dimension, as well as having their powers to cover their vision of the hikers. For what reason? We don't know. But there, there, there's so many incidents uh, like this. This is just one. One. And so, what are these creatures? Well, the, the Orang Bunian are supernatural beings in Malaysia. They are, uh, they're invisible to most humans except those with Spiritual sight. While the term often, uh, often translates to elves, it literally translates to hidden people or whistling people. Their appearance is nearly identical to humans dressed in ancient southeast uh, Southeast Asian style. There are there are sometimes said to be um, lack of letrium. I'm not even sure what that means, but are also also um, extremely oh, beautiful. I think it's part of the nose. Okay, so they're missing part of a nose. Uh, but they're uh, also considered to be extremely beautiful. Modern depictions um, deviate considerably, but the traditional view, and uh, they, they are increasingly elf-like. It is now common in pop culture to see these uh, depicted of having pointed ears and uh, high fantasy influence to their appearance. So these are secret people. Um, while they are generally regarded as benevolent, there have been reports of them taking people or trading, trading people. And so back to this uh, report, I mean, this is a a fairly lengthy report on uh, the hiker that went missing. And this is this, this, this one I was reading about the hiker that went missing or the runner went missing. That was 2015 and they couldn't find anything from this hiker 
So there, there is actually another case. Um, a family claimed vanishing girl was abducted by these secret people in Malaysia. Remember, there is also the Orang Pendek, which is the, uh, I guess, Malaysian, like, smaller ape creature. Not like a Bigfoot, but like a a different kind of smaller, uh, a little foot, if you will. Yeah. I, I talked. We talked about um, even in the uh, in India and Pakistan. There's like a smaller, little hairy humanoid, not as big as a Bigfoot, but I mean, they get up there. Uh, so here's this this last little headline I have here is family claims vanishing girl abducted by the uh, Burani. The uh, the strange tale of a 22 year old who was said to sleepwalk. And go missing for hours, only to reappear on treetops in cemeteries has taking an intriguing turn. She is in, she is missing again, and the family members are claiming she is being held captive by a group of these supernatural beings. I'm not going to say their name anymore because I'm not saying it right. Uh, these secret people, uh, and she's basically held for ransom. Her family says that she went missing from the family home, and. They lodged a missing persons report, and they failed to uh, to find her in the first attempts. But then she appeared. Then she disappeared again. And uh, last week, the Malayan media reported that seven precious stones, including a ruby, had fallen from the ceiling of her house, which is some sort of superstition. I, I kept reading that over and over again of of crystals and marbles uh, being involved in the house, either suddenly appearing, suddenly disappearing, or or Pulling out of things, so there's some weird stuff going on in Malaysia, and so this this girl, this most recent girl, Nora, who went missing, was missing for ten days, and they say died of starvation and stress. I've never heard of anybody dying of stress, but that's just because maybe I haven't heard of it. Um, she is the latest of people that have gone missing and died in mysterious circumstances in Malaysia and being attributed to the Gen Genie or the secret people, the, the small elves. I don't know. There's a lot here. I mean, I just kind of scratched the surface with this. This is what I basically found in a few hours of searching and reading. I, I have no doubt that there, there's some weird stuff going on. And I don't know if uh, David Pilatus has done a missing 411 Southeast Asia location. I know he's done some stuff in Australia, but I don't know if he's dipped his toes into China or India or Pakistan or anything like that. You know, uh, I don't. Well, there's one where he covers global cases, but um, called North America and Beyond. I had the book. I should probably read it. I don't think he's done many, if or if any, <clears throat> cases in this part of the world. But he's got to sell more books. I imagine he will. Well, if he, if, if he gets on cases like these not going to really have uh, a lack of material that's for sure so i'm going to open up the phone lines here 614-388-9109 you guys want to give a call um and also this is the part of the country or part of the world not part of the country this is part of the world where there was that mh370 that plane that went mission that that was a malaysian plane uh yeah that's correct that was a malaysian plane that went missing so there's like another mystery of disappearing people that were uh, in a plane that was from Malaysia. I think they're going up to 
uh, up north, I think maybe to China. I don't really remember exactly. And then uh, veered off course and uh, I was never found again. I can't remember where it was going. Maybe Australia, but it was going to not to where it landed. Yeah. <laughs> um, they don't even know where. You, you sent that other story in if you want to talk about it later or now. I don't know. Someone what, did. I have no idea what you're referring to. The one that MH370 found, Cambodian crash site of missing Malaysian Airlines plane, 99% likely. This is from the Express. Uh, if you want to send it over, I don't... Where, yeah, it was in the carriage shop. That's where I saw it. Uh, well, if it's not at the very bottom right now, I can't scroll up to see it because I don't, I don't have it. I, okay. It's there now. Bring it up on screen. Here we go. It's from the Express UK. MH370 found. Cambodia crash site of missing Malaysia airplane. 99% likely that this is it. I think that's a dubious claim. <laughs> 99% well, is, likely, but... This is from March of 2019. Oh, so, I, I, I wasn't the one who sent that in, but you know what? Might fine. as well. Man, no, I mean, this is... Um, we're doing Malaysian news. This is all Malaysia all the time here. The crash site of Malaysian Airlines 370 is 99% likely to have been identified in the Cambodian jungle or a Cambodian jungle, according to an amateur investigator. The MH370 disappeared on March of 2014. Oh, uh, en route from Kuala Lumpur to Beijing. I was right. Carrying 239 people and remains one of the biggest aviation mysteries in history. However... Mr. Boyer believes he found the plane wreckage in Cambodia via satellite images and sent an expedition team to his proposed coordinates earlier this year. Although the team failed to reach the spot due to its remote location, its leader, Zorba Payer, allegedly concluded it was 99% likely to be the plane crash site. So this is back in March. There's got to be a follow-up. Uh, That's what I'm point. looking for. And so there's, I got some images up on screen now of uh, the proposed crash site. It's tough to say. It really is. I suspect that they actually found the debris. We would have heard it, heard it by now. Like they would have said, hey, we, we can finally tell the families that you can leave your loved ones to rest. But I don't think I got that. It's quite possible I missed the information, sure. Mm. So gins, genies. I saw Cretchen put some stuff in the carrot shop. I don't know if that was pertaining to uh, this. Um, he, yeah, he posted. Um, what is the other one? The oh, he posted a, a Wikipedia. Oh, a Wikipedia. A Wikipedia. Uh, a, a Wikipedia. He posted a wiki for the the short hairy person in the Orang Pendek. Yeah, yeah, the the Orang Pendek, which is the most common name given to a cryptid or a zoological name that reportedly inhabits remote and mountainous forest areas of Sumatra. Sumatra. All right. We'll, oh, no. we'll talk to this Yahoo right here. Caller, you're on the air. What's going on, Mike? Hey, man, we're just hanging out, talking about some cryptids, missing 411, and uh, this, this most recent case, Nora, who went missing in Malaysia. Yeah, I actually, um, I, I was in Malaysia this past June, and I flew Malaysian Airlines, actually. Were, you, was, uh, were was, you scared the entire time? It was nerve-wracking, because all I kept thinking of was this particular incident, yeah. the MH370, yeah. Yeah, 370. 
I was joking with my wife. I said it should be called the 50-50 airline. They, um, they haven't had a good track record. I think they, they definitely had some aviation problems down there. Yeah. it's um, I, I, we, we were traveling to Singapore from the Philippines, so I was only kind of on a in-between thing there. We, we took Malaysian Airlines, so they stopped over in Malaysia. So I didn't actually get to really explore Malaysia much, but it was uh, it was interesting like just to be involved in that. And I have the, the stub on my uh, refrigerator as a reminder that I survived. What was the one of the things that stuck out about Malaysia that uh, that you still remember? Or you find interesting? Uh, well, j- just the, the the first of all, just how many Muslims were there, like in the, the traditional garb and stuff. Oh, it's packed full of Muslims down there, isn't it? Yeah, it was. And my wife, you know, uh, she's from the Philippines, so our whole trip was initially to go to the Philippines, and uh, she was wearing like shorts. I was with her whole family, and they're all wearing shorts they're girls and they were like staring at them crazy man it was oh. really weird it was a really odd vibe yeah. yeah you shouldn't do that you should probably respect their culture unless you want to die in just well, wear g strings instead yeah i didn't i didn't even think of it and i even said i was like you should probably just like change or cover up or something because i don't want to you know i'm just one white man here in, in a, <laughs> a sea of a whole nother country you should you should have changed into like an uncle sam outfit they would like that more <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for definitely. I should have maybe busted out a cross. Or, or bust you know, out a, oh, they also re- they really appreciate if you dress up as Muhammad. They like that. <laughs> yeah, they love it. Yeah. <laughs> That's why he's on I just billboards everywhere. A South Park shirt might have gotten me uh, in trouble. So. How long were you in Malaysia for? Uh, well, I I think we were there a total of like eight hours just waiting Oh wow! Like so you're layover. Just, yeah, so, so you're it was just and real quick. We actually flew it twice. We flew it twice uh, because we took we went from the Philippines to Singapore and then from Singapore back to the Philippines and we used Malaysian Airlines for both uh, trips. So like I, I was only in the airport in Malaysia, but it was um, yeah that was my takeaway. It was, it was very Muslim or uh, Islam was I, very dominant there, and I suspect uh, I, I if, you, if you money to get there, they have. Um, I can't remember. I think it's root, not rupees, but Malai or so. I forgot their their money. Their but uh, I have some of their money here somewhere. Hot dogs. Yeah, they pay you in hot dogs, don't they? Yeah, it's probably their choice currency because they love pork and stuff. So, <sighs> I suspect <laughs> if you guys left the airport, they probably wouldn't have been as lenient with your wife's short shorts. Yeah, I know. That, that's probably that. That's why Malaysia wasn't really on the list, other than a layover. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, but Wait. um, I I wanted to. Uh, I was watching something earlier. I mean, do, do I have time? Are you guys sure? Got yeah. other things to move on to. Man, we're just bullshitting. Okay. Um. Well, I wanted to say uh, I I appreciate I sent you an email about uh, getting on the street team, and you sent me stuff. I'm uh, Josh from Baltimore. Oh, cool. Yeah, I did. I. Uh, yeah, I got I got the package and I put the Bigfoot dick sticker on a very prominent stop sign. Good on the uh, Baltimore Street here by all the titty bars. They so should have done it will better. Be seen by many drunken people. Good, good. Thank you very um, much. Yeah, no, thank you. I, I love the show. I've been listening for a long time. I, I used to uh, participate more, but I just got a lot more going on. So I hear you. I had a free night tonight, and I remember you guys were going to be doing the YouTube thing. So. Well, cool. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for hanging out and checking us out. You got anything else for us? 
Uh, yeah, I, I was going to say um, the whole, I've just been thinking a lot about the mainstreaming of conspiracy theory in general. How even, you know, the history of your show and other things I've listened to and just throughout my life of being interested in these more obscure topics. It's like now they're they're being kind of almost pumped into the mainstream. It's like people talk about it all the time and it's like becoming normalized. And it just makes me wonder, is that just to further the agenda of making people not have any type of grounding in anything or being able to have a common ground or be able to agree about anything anymore? Is that like part of the old deep fake technology and this stuff is Epstein and you can't trust the elite, you can't trust this person. Most of all, you can't trust your neighbor or the person, you know, anything. And it's just, just interesting. Uh, and then I remember the, the quote from the CIA director, there's something about like, uh, you, the goal will be complete. The CIA's goal will be completed once everything the American people believe is false, like everything we know. And it's, it's like, it's almost going kind of past that where, it's not whether or not what we know is false. It's whatever we think we know, we know is true no matter what. And there's, like, fact is kind of irrelevant. Everybody can just Google their own facts. I, uh, I can see what you're getting at. I think, I don't know if conspiracies are being pushed to make people unfriendly or unstable or divide us. I think primarily they, they see it as a way to sell ads and make money. If the byproduct ha- happens to be divisiveness, then so be it. I, you know, if you would ask me four years ago, like, uh, why would they, why would they do this? Um, I would say it was primarily, primarily money driven. I think to a certain degree that's probably still true. But then you have, you have Hollywood putting out stuff that is perfect, purposely divisive. That if mm. had they done it another way, they would have made more money. So I don't think it's all mm. about money all the time. So I. I don't know. When it comes to conspiracies, though, they, they definitely get clicks, no doubt. Well, it's interesting that, I mean, the CIA's had many, 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 uh, well, all intelligence agencies all over all the world, like, pretty much, have had something come out where they've manipulated media, owned the media. I mean, what is the point of that? Like, control the narrative. But nowadays, the narrative is, you know, it's just constantly contradicting one another. I mean, nothing matters anymore. It's always like, hey, this is what's you know, today's headline is just gone within by, by lunchtime, you know, the, the morning headline. It's just, it's interesting. I, I agree. It's about money for sure. But I feel like there's something else there that is, we just can't quite put our finger on, but it's almost like they want to spread the mindset of questioning things or just distrust in general, because then you kind of become more focused more inwardly. And when you feel bad, people buy shit. So yeah, I, I would think it's just more of a, a putting your foot down and, and just committing all the way to a, a capitalism, you know, and the extreme version we're at now, the, the late stages of it. Uh, yeah. I just kind of don't, I'm paying attention, just keep buying shit and keep feeling bad and don't trust anyone. It certainly does isolate it's like people. It's like a 1984-ish. It's, yeah, it, cer- it certainly is a, an isolated society we're living in, considering how connected we are. It does isolate people, so. Hey, man, thank you. Hey, thank you very much for calling in. We're going to move on a little bit here, okay, man? Yeah, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Uh, let me talk. Thank you very much. I'll, I'll have a good night, man. Keep listening. There's blow him up. You said great job. Do you want to comment on anything you said there, Clown Baby? Father. Father, yes. Um, I father was actually works. looking at more articles to talk about, but... Father. <laughs> I am your father. Daddy. Yes. I 
Amigo. Sister. Oh, okay. I mean, did he say Fister? Sister, yes. Sister. Ah, uh, okay. I think he yeah. said Fister. No, I'm not your Fister. I am your Fister. <laughs> um, He's, well, that's why I mean, that's why Luke was so upset. <laughs> oh shit! No. <laughs> Quite a revelation <laughs> out there on the that ledge in Cloud <laughs> City. Last thing you want to hear. You thought I was just going to cut your head off? <laughs> no, that's not what's <laughs> happening, Luke. Bend yeah, over. Yeah, these gloves. I think <laughs> I got these gloves on. <laughs> Go away. Uh. Did you want to comment on anything you said about uh, that, or do you want to just kind of wrap up the cryptid thing here we got? Uh, no, I was looking at other articles to okay, talk that's about, fine. to be honest. I, mean, so I don't really have much to say. That's, that's fine. Um, You're looking at other articles. So the, uh, the Nora uh, missing girl in Malaysia, no longer missing. She's found. She's dead. Died of starvation somehow after 10 days. She left the room without her shoes on in the middle of the night. And uh, they they don't know why. They, there's a supposedly a reward for information, and the shamans in the area s- s- claim that a genie or a jinn lured her into the jungle. I, I I'd really like to to get more on this, but there's you know, not- they always say uh, when people are out camping or whatever, and they talk. Some, sometimes it's talked about for about Bigfoot, or sometimes it's about Skinwalkers or Flesh Gates. You know, people can hear. Apparently, there's these, you know, whatever they are, they can imitate people's voices of people that you know or people that they've been around. Yes. Listening in conversations, or they sometimes they fake the cry of a baby to lure people away from camp. Uh, so, I heard, yeah, that's creepy. I've heard people mention that when it comes to, they claim that it's Bigfoot or Sasquatch doing that. I don't know, but that's creepy. And like, if they, they, they want to lure people away from the base, the base camp, whatever the kind of, whatever kind of safety they have. Because they want to go, that person, that human wants to go see, oh, I want to go protect. I want to go save the baby. And then next thing you know, you're snatched. Right. They're already, it'll imitate, you know, your voice. Like, what the fuck? Why did Mike go? I didn't realize he's out in the woods. <laughs> and then, you know, game over. If you want to join the Slack or Discord, give us an email at ourbigdumbmouth at gmail.com. Check out obdmpod.com for all the social media and donation links. Be a part of the magic.